I want to ask all of you to stand together as we join in the reading of God's Word this morning, um, looking, from, looking at a couple of verses in the book of Numbers, and then at the bottom of that paragraph, a standalone verse from Psalm 68. Let's read together. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, The Israelites are to camp around the tent of meeting some distance from it, each of them under their standard and holding the banners of their family. These are the Israelites, counted according to their families. All the men in the camps, by their divisions, numbered 603, 550. So the Israelites did everything the Lord commanded Moses. That is the way they encamped, under their standards. And that is the way they set out, each of them with their clan and family. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Please be seated. How many of you are in a family? Uh, Most all of us. Uh, How many of you are in a perfect family? No. Uh, we might like to think that, but the reality is, obviously, there is no perfect family. And so, uh, last week, we launched a series uh, of messages on the family. And what we're doing is we are uh, we're identifying areas of need that are sometimes problematic within families that uh, sometimes cause the family to be less than it is intended to be. And uh, we are offering suggestions as to how we can take this family that God's given us and that we're a part of and help it become... Uh, more functional, more uh, uh, vibrant, more of what God really designed and wants it to be and can be. Now, let me just give a a disclaimer here. Uh, I'm going to be sharing some illustrations this morning about my family, but you need to realize uh, I am in no way claiming that that my family is anywhere close to perfect. We are far from it, Uh, and so I'm preaching to myself this morning as well. Last Sunday, we, we talked about the importance of acceptance, that as human beings, every one of us long for acceptance. We work really hard to be accepted by people at school, at work, in the community. Acceptance is important, but we establish that there's one place in the world where acceptance should not have to be earned. We're not accepted because we're good enough or smart enough, but acceptance should be a given, and that is within the family. And if there are any members of our family who aren't feeling that, then we need to make sure we do whatever needs to happen so that they can claim that acceptance. This morning, I want to look at a second aspect of family life, and that is belonging. Belonging. By the way, you'll figure this out after a week or two, but I'll go ahead and let you know. Uh, Each week, the theme word that we're looking at, we're going to do this alphabetically, A through G. Last week was acceptance, today is belonging, next week's going to be a C. So I'll just kind of throw that out as a teaser to see if you can figure out what it's going to be. Belonging. All of us have this desire, this longing, this need to belong to something beyond ourselves. To know that we are not alone in this world. That we belong to others who love us and who share life with us. Belonging, that sense of belonging is absolutely a core foundational function of what family is meant to offer. 
Some families do it very well. Some families could do it a lot better. Some families hardly do it at all. Belonging. Ann Beatty is a teacher in Los Angeles. And she understands this need to belong, and she also understands that if we do not find that and experience that in our family, uh, we resort to alternative substitutes. And recently she wrote how it is the lack of healthy families that has given rise to over 450 gangs in Los Angeles where she teaches. And she wrote about what drives a a young person to join a gang. She says, In gangs, people without a family or without a functional family find a place where they belong and are taken care of. The gang structure meets every basic need that a teenager has. Food, clothing, protection, purpose, identity. Gangs are a place where many young people, sadly, are having to resort to to experience belonging. Something a family is supposed to do. Now, I know that most of us probably are not going to join a gang. That's just not who we are. But we sometimes result to alternative means and substitutes as well if we're not experiencing that in our family. And sometimes we'll seek out belonging uh, in a circle of friends, maybe even a Sunday school class, a church family, and those are wonderful. But I'm going to make a case this morning that no group, no circle, has the potential to offer the kind of bond of belonging like the family. It is unique. It is unparalleled. Let me give you an example. A few years ago, my youngest son, Tyler, was, was uh, single. He was not married. He met a girl named Jessica, and uh, they started a relationship. It got serious, and uh, at one point, Jessica became Tyler, officially his girlfriend. And we got to know Jessica. Now, Jessica was a real sweet girl, but to me, I mean, there was no special bond or attachment that existed between me and her. She was simply our son's girlfriend. Nothing more. But that changed radically when they got married. When they became husband and wife. And all of a sudden, through this mystery of of, of holy matrimony and all that that means, through this mystery of, of marriage, I found my heart opening up in a place seeking a sense of belonging with her that I'd never had before. And, and it was amazing because no longer, now she was not merely Tyler's girlfriend. She was now my daughter. And instinctively, just like overnight, by sharing the same name, by being in family, my heart found a place of belonging for her that 
incrementally more powerful and meaningful than anything that, that I experienced toward her prior to them getting married. What was the difference? Now we were family. The family has, offers a level of belonging that can't be matched. So the psalmist says in Psalm 68, God sets the lonely in families. Listen, a fundamental role of your family is for everyone in that family to know that they are not alone, that they belong to you, you belong to them, all of you belong to one another. It's the bond of love that only a family can provide. So I'd ask you this morning, how well is your family providing that sense of belonging to one another? Do the people in your family experience that kind of belonging? And what would you have to do to make it happen? I want to suggest a couple of things, actually five things. I won't spend a whole lot of time on each other, but several things this morning that, that you and I can do that can help the family be for us and offer for the people in it that sense of belonging that it's intended to do. Here's the first. Claim your name. More particularly, your last name. Now, what do I mean? Your last name is what connects you with other people who are family. Now think about this. See, I am not just Stuart. The fact that my name is Stuart, that really doesn't tell you a whole lot about me. I'm not just Stuart. I am Stuart Green. And my last name links me with others to whom I belong. It links me to Lawrence and Nancy and Marcia and Robin and Tucker and Tim and Tyler and Kim and Sarah and Jessica and Landon and Montgomery and Hudson and White and Nolan, who are my immediate family. And actually, it extends on beyond that. If I'm Stuart Smith, I'm not connected to those people in the same way. But being Stuart Green, I belong to that set of people for whom I have and experience a unique and powerful bond. Now, my wife, Becky, through marriage is a green, but she grew up a tucker. And even though she's a green now, there's a sense in which she will always be a tucker, and that identifies her as well. You see, I'm not going through life all by myself. I have an extended group of people to whom I belong, and knowing that, knowing that makes a big difference in how I live. You claim your name. Your last name links you with a group of people to whom you belong. And there ought to be a a, a powerful bond that exists there. Have you ever noticed the ads on television today uh, promoting finding your, your, your family ancestry. You know, they're all over the place now. You know, for a certain amount of money, you, you can pay them and they will look through your family roots and help you understand the, the group, the family that you're a part of. That's important. Anytime I'm up around Young Harris, Georgia, I have to stop and go and spend some time at the tree. Now, to everybody else on the campus of Young Harris College, 
that is nothing special about that tree. It's one tree of hundreds, if not thousands, on the campus. But for me, it is a very special tree. I was up there not too long ago, and I parked the car, walked over to where I remember the tree being, and now it is this massive, like 35, 40-foot-high holly tree. It was planted as a bush. Now it's a full-fledged tree, and it's almost being dwarfed by two large oaks around it. And I go and I stand at the base of that tree, and I leaned over and I brushed the leaves aside and the grass so that I could see the plaque that I knew was there. And sure enough, the plaque is there, and it reads, Planted in honor of Anna Higgins Green, class of 1915. My grandmother. That tree was planted by my grandfather probably over 80 years ago. And standing there at that tree, claiming that name, you know, I just come over, I just get a a rush of emotions and a sense of belonging to something beyond myself. I remember standing at that tree. I remember back to a grandmother visiting their house, and I remember how disgusting it was that she would make a meal out of cornbread and and buttermilk, and how I still think it's disgusting. And I I remember how granddaddy would uh, give us a whistle handmade out of a bamboo shoot every time we would go visit him. And I I remember picking vegetables in their vegetable gardens. I remember my grandmother, as she would clean the house, singing in the garden. And all those memories come rushing in. And I remember that I'm not just Stuart, you see. I'm Stuart Green. And that means something to me. And your name means something to you. It's a connection that is important in helping us understand who we are. A moment ago we read a few verses from Numbers. Now, the reason we read a few verses rather than a lot is because to read the book of Numbers would be extremely boring because it's just a list of names of families and what those families, uh, what role those families played in the Hebrew community. But when we look at Numbers, we see and we read it that they were established and organized, what? By families. The Hebrew community was formed as a gathering of families. And knowing your family, knowing your family banner, belonging to your family was important. It's the glue that held the nation together. And the nation was not just one nation of people. It was a conglomeration of hundreds if not thousands of families. And that's where their sense of belonging came from. This thought came to me, and I, uh, it, we might could unravel it, and it might not be completely true, but I, I think it bears thinking about. Your first name tells us who you are. Your last name tells you who you are. Claim your name. You're not in this world by yourself. You belong. You belong to a group of people beyond yourself. Well, a couple of other things to enhance and enrich that sense of belonging in the family. And 
these are not new. They're, these are things we've all known and heard before, but maybe they bear repeating. Do things together. When's the last time that everyone at the end of the day, rather than going to their after dinner, rather than going to their separate rooms to watch their separate programs on their separate TVs or engage in their, se- their separate electronics device, all got together and did something together as a family? Dads, when's the last time you recently spent time with your kids over a weekend or over more than just a few minutes at the end of the day? We talked a lot about today about quality time and quantity time. And we've convinced ourselves as parents, particularly parents of little ones, that what matters most is quality time. And if we cannot spend a great deal of time with our children, then quality time makes up the difference, and that's what's most important. Our children would beg to differ. What our children long for most from us is not quality time as much as it is quantity time. Someone asked how a child spells love. They spell love this way, T-I-M-E. Do things together. You all heard the, about the man who died, and uh, before he died, his last words were, Wow, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. No, nobody's going to say that. Well, three, think about this. Talk more with one another. Take an interest in each other's lives. Today, we probably isolate ourselves from each other more than ever before. And, and you know, this little device here is the culprit. Um, this allows us to enter on our own little world for a while and just ignore the fact that there are other people in a room that we might be engaging in conversation with. Next time you're eating out at a restaurant here in town, observe the families. Hopefully this isn't your family, but I've actually been out and I've seen families where There'll be five people around the table. Every single one of them has their nose in a device. Dad's checking his emails. Mom's sending some texts. The kids are on Facebook or they're playing some video game. And they'll be there for an hour and a half enjoying dinner and not one word will be said to one another except would somebody pass the salt. And that's pretty much the extent of the conversation. Talk more with one another. Here's one. Number four, cultivate family traditions. Family traditions can help build a strong sense of connection and belonging. What what family traditions uh, do you have? Think about them. You know, some of them are very simple. Uh, Going to the same location, visiting the same place uh, year after year. Eating at a, everybody coming together at the 10th of the month to eat at some particular restaurant. Uh, coming together for the holidays, celebrating them in some unique way. If you come to the Green's house uh, on Christmas Day, uh, you're going to find that every one of us is going to be drinking a Coca-Cola from a little, one of the little miniature bottles, okay? Not the, two, not the one liter thing, not the cans, Okay? On Christmas Day, we all bring, break out the little 
Coca-Colas, and we drink them. Now, that's silly. I don't know where that tradition started, but I know this. It is embedded in us. And there have been Christmases where we have gone 30 minutes into the gift for unwrapping of gifts, and somebody will say, stop! We hadn't done the Coca-Colas yet. And we'll pull out the Coca-Cola. You've got family traditions. If you don't, start some. They enhance that sense of belonging. And then, lastly, offer assurances of being there. Offer assurances of being there. Family needs to be a safety net where the people in that family know that regardless of how difficult the world gets, regardless of how hard things may evolve in their life, no matter if others come and go, their family is always going to be there. Mountain climbers, I understand, when they're climbing a mountain, will rope themselves together so that if one slips and loses their footing... They're held by the others until they are able to regain their footing. And therefore, they hold each other up. Developing a healthy sense of belonging means letting one another know in the family, you can count on us. We're always going to be here for you. I, when Becky and I were starting out in ministry years ago, I remember as a young seminary student, struggling financially to, just to make ends meet. And there were literally times where, uh, where we didn't have $5 to our name to buy groceries. Uh, and, you know, were it not for uh, the anonymous generosity of some church member that sensed our need, we probably would have not, you know, we wouldn't know what to do. And yet we always knew, we never wanted to do it, but we always knew that if things got bad enough, we could go to our family. And it's not something we would rush into doing. Obviously, you don't want to do that. But when things became dire enough, we would swallow our pride, break down, and just go to our family and say, We need some help. And the response from them was always the same. They would say, look, don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. We are family. When you hurt, we hurt. And if there's ever need that you have, don't ever hesitate to come and share that with us. We may not always be able to give what you need, but as long as we are, we will do whatever we can. And that would do something powerful in us as a young couple, not just the financial uh, assistance that they would offer, but just the, the sense of knowing that we were not alone. We belong to a family who cared about us. So make opportunities to offer assurances of being there for one another. It's now come full circle. Now Becky and I are having opportunities to uh, be the other part of that equation. And 
offering help to our grown children and grandchildren and letting them know that they should never be embarrassed or ashamed to come to us. But being there involves lots of things, actually, not just helping out financially. Being there can mean being there at ball games, being there at dance recitals, being there in hospital visits, being there in times of illness, being there in times of family celebrations, being there for the holidays, all being there in all the important times and events in our lives. Strong, healthy families provide a sense to those who are part of them. A strong and powerful sense of belonging. I hope that your family and everybody in that family experiences and and realizes that. If you can think of someone today in your family that doesn't feel that, is not aware of that, what could you do to begin helping that happen for them and for the rest of you? In fact, I would encourage you this week to just take, take this list and uh, evaluate your family. Uh, and of the things that we have mentioned, do you feel like you're hitting on all cylinders there? Do you feel like you're, you're doing the best that you can do as a family, as it relates to these things. My hope and prayer for all of us is that we will know and experience the power of family, that it is not merely three or four or five or six individual people living under the same roof. It is one bond of people who love one another, who share life together, and who understand that they belong to one another. No Sunday school class, no church fellowship, no civic club, and certainly no gang. Nothing can provide that as can the family. Let's pray together. Dear God, I know that uh, every family in this church, every family of those represented here this morning, could benefit from an infusion of your Holy Spirit, your power, and your grace. Oh God, help us to, to hear the, the simple yet profound insight found in your word. That God places the lonely in the family. Why the family? Because it is God's designed order for where we are to experience most profoundly acceptance and a sense of belonging. 
So, Father, I just pray that every family here would realize how precious they are to one another. That the ones that share that last name with them are part of their life. And Father, I particularly pray this morning for families that are broken and hurting. That you will bring to bear upon each person who is in that home. the importance of seeking your guidance and your help, and your, po- your power and your strength to make the home all that it's designed to be. Oh God, for any soul this morning who feels alone and that they don't belong, oh God, help them to sense that they do. And there's a family that welcomes them. In the name and spirit of Christ, we pray. Amen.